What's all this then? Nothing to see here. Move along. Move along. Oh, what's that? You're just an innocent podcast listener. And not some lucky loo. Sure you are. And I'm the Queen of France. A toy 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 toy. I tell you, I've seen a lot in my time as a Irish beat cop like you heard in the November episode. Patty O'Mallory or something equally racially insensitive. I've seen a lot of things. A lot of gruesome things. But I've also seen a lot of joyous things, like that there puffin publishing podcast, like that there stone zone, that they're doomed to you. Those things bring a lot of light into this dark little world of ours. I would love to support them. What's that you say? They've got a Patreon? Sure they do. And I'm Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, a toy 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 toy. You're telling me you can just go to patreon.com slash TV's Kevin and just... Gave him money? You can set up a donation for as little as $1 a month? $12 a year? Well, I just spent that on dinner last night. A toy 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 toy. That wasn't a joke. I ate at a place called toy 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 toy. It was a toy restaurant. That's right. Patreon.com slash TV's Kevin. And I'll be a monkey's uncle. Hello and welcome to the second ever audio recording of Puffin Live. Fair warning. This episode was recorded April 1st, 2017. Some of the references may be slightly out of date by the time that you hear this. This live show has been jokingly referred to as the sex and wrestling episode. So if that sounds interesting to you, enjoy. Hello. Oh, hi. Oh my gosh. Hi, everybody. So uh, first off, welcome. Thank you all for coming. Uh, last time, if you came to the first show, I had no material. This time I have material, but I don't know what it is, so I'm going to be reading off cue cards. Um, so we're here tonight to talk about professional wrestling. Um, when you tell someone that you're a fan of wrestling, nothing happens. That's what's supposed to happen, because people are ashamed of the fact that they watch wrestling. Seeing, like, someone in, like, a CM Punk shirt, like, way off in the distance... You react the same way as like when you see a homeless guy on the interstate. You're just like, oh, all right, I'm just gonna look at my uh, floorboard. That's a that's a thing I do whenever I'm at a stoplight. I hope he doesn't uh, walk close and see that I'm coming back from the grocery store. Uh, yeah, um, it's when it's when you meet a wrestling fan, it's like finding out that the girl you've had a crush on for like six months likes you back. You're, but instead of like, oh, I th- you felt the same way as me? I didn't know that. It's, it's like, you think that you... May- <clears throat> Words are hard. It's like when you see them, it's like, oh, you think they miss you Sting in the WWE too? Oh, okay, cool. Uh, there's a certain amount... Uh, that was for Kevin. Uh, there's a, there's a, a certain amount of shame that you carry with you uh, when you're a wrestling fan, and that's, that's because you're supposed to feel ashamed. Like, there's a certain level of like, uh, that comes with like, you sit at home on Monday night and watch a guy in jorts do this. Uh, it's, it's, it's like a thing, like, everyone masturbates, but no one talks about it. Like, people watch wrestling, but no one talks about it. Um, the thing is, though, about um, being a fan of wrestling is it's a lot harder to explain than it used to be. Um, used to, uh, back in my age, uh, wrestling had characters. It had, like, larger-than-life monsters that fought for gold. Uh, and now it just has, like, dudes. Um, dudes that are just 
really hostile about not having a belt on. Um, like, I used to be a huge wrestling fan, but what, the things I, I liked about it are gone. Like, when I was a fan of it, there were guys like The Ultimate Warrior and Sergeant Slaughter. And now they have guys named, like, Dean? <laughs> uh, even the guys uh, who wrestled when I was younger, if they had, like, a first name and last name they went by, it was, like, Hulk Hogan or Brutus Beefcake. Uh, there's a wrestler now named Kevin Owens, and when I was younger, there was a wrestler named Kevin, but everyone called him Big Daddy Cool Diesel. Uh, um, it's just, it's hard to get me into the mindset of, like, these guys are superstars when they have, like, the same names of people that could be ushers at my church. <laughs> like, like, uh, uh, does Daniel Bryan, do you believe in heaven? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so I snorted on that. Um, when I was young, Kane wore all red and he summoned the fires of hell and he could point at someone and they'd catch on fire. And now he like comes out in a suit and he looks like, like he looks like your grandpa that you only see at like funerals and weddings. Uh, when I was younger, we had a guy who talked just like this named Macho Man Randy Savage. And we were like, yeah, yeah. This, this. Uh, one of our heroes was this guy named Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was our hero. And once he, like, pointed a gun at his boss's head on live television in front of thousands of people, and we were like, yeah, kill him! Uh, and it's like, he pointed, he attempted to murder his boss on live television, and, like, I could get fired if I call in too many times. I don't know, it's just... Could you imagine, like, Stone Cold at his performance review, and just like, well, okay, you have a... You have good attendance. Uh, you come in on time. Uh, you're always willing to work overtime. One time you drove a beer truck into the building and sprayed me and my family with a hose of high-pressured alcohol. Uh, we're going to put you on a performance plan. Um, the one guy that still wrestles from when I was a little boy now is a guy called The Undertaker. And now, like, he was back then he was really cool, but now he just kind of seems out of place. This, like, guy who rose from the dead uh, and can summon an army of druids to do his evil bidding. And he does it with, like, uh, he, he, he summons, like, guys to do his evil bidding. And he walks around, and he, he, he also sets up thunderbolts and everything. And, the, and it just seems weird, this undead monster, this phenom, this beast this monster, like, just really wants a gold belt? <laughs> it, just, he, it just seems off. Um, and this guy who, like, has been buried alive multiple times and just keeps coming back and gets his power from a short little fat man in an urn named Paul Bearer, like, he's fighting a guy named Roman tomorrow night. I don't know. It just seems off. Anyway, here's Kevin, y'all. What's up? Wow, there's a fucking lot of you. Uh, another round of applause for Vern Tooley, everybody. Vern Tooley. Vern says everybody masturbates and nobody talks about it. Challenge accepted. Uh, yeah, no, Vern got me thinking a lot about WrestleMania, the ultimate thrill ride, which is tomorrow night. Um, and one of the matches is between a guy named AJ Styles 
and the CEO of wrestling, Shane McMahon. That's a prerequisite if you're in the wrestling industry is that you only, you go to board meetings and then you go into the ring and fight the people that work for you. It's the only time you can show up to a board meeting covered in bruises and everyone's like, good, you're doing your job then. The monocle, I have a thought for you just right up top of the show. I think the people that came up with that, that memory trick, Roy G. Biv, kind of gave up on it being a name about halfway through. More accurately, like four-sevenths of the way through. Like, Roy, good. G, plausible middle name. Biv, mm. Somebody took an early lunch that day. That's fine. Uh, the Monocle, the unofficial home of Puff in St. Louis. We always uh, love performing here. Uh, thank you again for hosting us. It always feels kind of like I should take my clothes off when I'm up here. Thoughts? I don't, I don't think we... Ooh. <laughs> Dim the lights. The light guy's funny. Um, no, I don't think we've, we've quite built up that level of trust that I will take off my clothes in front of you, unfortunately. We'll see how the night goes. Ooh, two dollars. <laughs> It's more than I'll make from this show. Uh, no, I don't, think, I don't think we've built up that level of trust. Um, I've had trust issues ever since I was a little kid, and they kind of all can be sent back to the Jungle Book. Because I've, I've, I've watched the Jungle Book a lot, right? And, and over the years, only more and more, I like wore out the VHS tape that it was on, and I can kind of conclusively say that it's a movie and not a fucking book. And we've all just lived our lives like, that's okay? Like, that's a thing you can do? Is just call your movie The Jungle Book? Like, if, like if the next Avengers movie was called Avengers The Book, you'd, you'd have some questions, right? But they just call it The Jungle Book, like it's no big deal. It's okay. I think we need to hold them accountable for it. I think accountability should be a, a bigger part of our day-to-day -day lives. You always hear people say things like, I don't do anything I wouldn't want my grandma to catch me doing. Um, that doesn't quite work for me. You'd frankly be shocked at what I'd let my grandma see me do. <laughs> it's a very low clearance bar. Um, I, I have always lived my life according to the phrase, I don't do anything that I wouldn't want Abraham Lincoln to catch me doing. Because if there's one person I want to impress, it's Abraham Lincoln. And I think if you search your heart, you would feel the same. I drink only in moderation, not for my own safety, not for my health, but because I want Lincoln to respect me. <laughs> I give to the ACLU not because I think they're a valuable organization, they are, it's because I think that's what Lincoln would do had he a PayPal account. <laughs> I, I, I try to be kind to my fellow man and spread goodness, not out of the goodness in my own heart, but out of fear. Fear of Lincoln. <laughs> Got no problem masturbating, though. <laughs> Weirdly okay with Lincoln seeing me do that. I hear his wife was crazy. Maybe he is, too. But, um, no, fear kind of controls a big part of my life. Like, if I was that kid from Inside Out, and you were like, hey, kid from Inside Out, uh, which of the little uh, cast of Saturday Night Live is controlling your head? Um, it would definitely be Purple Bill Hader, number one with a bullet. He was fear in that film. He had a little bow tie. And I'm afraid of a lot of things. I'm afraid, most currently, for professional basketball players. Not of, 
though they are large. I'm afraid four professional basketball players. I, I think they're in trouble. I think they're in some hot water and they might be too proud to admit it. Let me explain. From the years of 2003 to 2005, I was a rabid professional basketball fan. Then I learned that people would let me be loud on stage and I kind of forgot what basketball was. But recently I relearned. So if you have any questions about professional basketball circa 2003, or preparing like a very specific trivia team, I'm your guy. But no, my, my fear stems from a recent event when on a lark, because I'm kind of a party guy, I put on a game of professional basketball for myself to enjoy. And what I saw kind of shocked me, because out on the floor, floor? Court. Out on the court were the same guys that I grew up watching 14 years ago. How's that possible? Like, their insides have to be Play-Doh by now, right? I don't use anything for 14 years. My car served me a long time, not 14 years, and it doesn't go toe-to-toe -to -toe with LeBron James in its prime. I'm worried about them. And I thought long and hard about why this might be the case, why I still see Kobe, why I still see all these people that I grew up watching. The San Antonio Spurs is largely unchanged since 2005. And I thought about it. And I concluded that we are running out of basketball players. They were a non-renewable resource this entire time. And we were selfishly using up our basketball players with no plan to replace them whatsoever. Our, our wells of fossil-based basketball players have run dry. Our Earth's naturally occurring stores of basketball players, they're gonna be gone soon and then what will we do? I think we need to invest more fully in energy efficient basketball players. I mean, our country is the largest basketball based waste producer in the entire world. We are lagging far behind Europe. We have no plan for sustainable basketball futures. We need to be thinking about our children, thinking about the future of basketball, solar based basketball players, wind powered basketball players. I mean, they're big, right? I mean, we are firmly under the thumb of big basketball, not, not Shaq. The, Again, large. Uh, but the lobby that represents basketball players. I think we're in hot water. By the way, if you're curious, my fantasy oil company team is doing really well this season. Went hard on Exxon. Kobe. I wish we could say Kobe for things that were more than just basketball. Like he's not just good at basketball. He's a well-rounded guy. He can't just be good at basketball. He'd be dead. I'm really good at helping people move. And I reserve the right to yell, Kobe, when I do it. Do you think Kobe says Kobe? I think Kobe says Kobe. I would, were I Kobe. Hand to Lincoln, I would. But let's get this party started, y'all. For real. This is our second Puffin Live show here at the Monocle Theater, celebrating our one year anniversary as a comedy troupe. Don't know if we earned that, but thank you. And uh, yeah, this is, our, this is our last live show before I ship my happy ass off to New York City. Mm -hmm. 
hey, guys, let's hang out. Um, yeah, this, this live show going on means that soon I'll have to clean my damn house. <laughs> kind of been using this live show as an excuse, but now I actually have to clean my freaking house. So, tonight, we have a great cast of characters. You already met Vern. You already met me. We have Joe Conroy. We have Justin Germeroth. We have some of the greatest literary minds in history who for some reason agreed to appear on this stage this very night. And we will begin this show as we begin all Puffin shows. In a world where the timeline is shattered and every famous historical figure exists at the same time, one publishing house dares try reunite the greatest literary minds in history. This is the Puffin Publishing Podcast. That means come out. Hey, everybody, it's me, your favorite dapper flapper, Zelda Fitzgerald. (laughs) And let me tell you, folks, it's been a long, long time for me. I'm what my my vet says is in estrus, and what I'm going to tell you means I'm in a severe dependency for a hot nut. (laughs) That's why I've got these three available studs for me to choose from. And I'm going to decide which one deserves this golden suitcase. Can I opt out of this one? (laughs) Okay. Contestant number one. Present. If you were a semi-viscous fluid that was meant to be drizzled over my body, which would you be and why? And I take it veto's not on the table. No. All right. Well, hello, everybody. My name's Michael Shara. I wrote a book called, it's like the Avenging Angels or the Righteous Angels. I forget. Um, Trust me, I'm no angel. (laughs) As you can see, I'm an American patriot. And um, boy, when I'm thinking about fluids, that could be dumped over somebody's body. Ooh-wee, nothing lights me up faster than a cool case of Bud Light, am I right? Mmm, that sounds good. St. Louis local humor. I'm ready to see some fireworks on that 4th of July. Someone else, please field the questions. (laughs) And what's your name? Uh, My name is uh, Martin Luther, the founder of the Lutheran Church and the sworn enemy of the Catholics. Ooh, I'd like to get you... I'd like to have you put me up against a door and nail me. 95 times? 95 times. Okay. Anyway, Mr. Luther. What is the ideal dimension of the optimal chode, in your opinion? We lost my Kashara. Uh, he's got a cigar. Uh, opti- <laughs> I don't know that there's such a thing as an optimal chode. Um, the only thing I know of being optimal is the Lutheran Church. Uh, they're the best, and boo Catholics, boo. Uh, as far as chode goes in 
Being, I don't know why I'm here on the dating game because I don't, I'm, a, I'm a Lutheran priest, so I don't do that whole uh, marriage thing. Well, no, I do because I'm not Catholic. Yay, that's why I'm here. Okay. Uh, as far as the mentions go, I don't know, like two and a half by three? <laughs> Next. Sounds like something I can work with. Here we are! I like him crazy. I ain't crazy. And what's your name? Would you like to know? How about I know you work for the government? It's me, George Orwell. Mm, tell me, George, is, is brother big? Brother? He's as big as you can imagine. He's goes everywhere. He's in everything. He's in everyone. He's in uh, that, what you're holding right now. Whatever that is. He's in that, whatever is on your head. He's inside that bandana. bandana. He's inside bananas. He's inside this cigar right now. <laughs> so tell me, George. Huh? If you were on an animal farm, which animal would you be? Oh, I see what you're trying to do. <laughs> you're holding up this whole, like, dating game as some sort of, like, front. You don't want to know what type of animal I am so you and your weird government scientists can come kidnap me in my, in my sleep and turn me into whatever animal I choose. Oh, I bet you're an animal. <laughs> I'm going to be a cheetah. Well-known farm animal, the cheetah. <laughs> Just, I know what I want. just, just go out at the crack of dawn, go into the cheetah house, and get you some cheetah eggs. <laughs> oh, I like that. Okay, back to you, Mike. Unfortunately, when you would be telling me the alphabet, like you do. <laughs> In a time when your mouth would be, let us say, full. What's your favorite letter? It took me a second. That was a Rubik's Cube. This is no good. In that the more I play with you, the harder you get. That's not even a euphemism. Not even being clever. Also, you're kind of hiding yourself behind this curtain. Step forward, let the people see you. See? Look at the directions you get. Maybe you'll go home with someone that ain't me. But fine, we're talking about the alphabet. We're talking about what? Want in my mouth? Well, I've had some letters in my mouth before. A couple of B's. Pick your poison. Trust me, you wouldn't have bees in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, they'll sting you. But there'll be plenty of honey. Does that even fucking mean? <laughs> you are an enigma wrapped in a riddle, deep fried in a conundrum. 
V, I guess. <laughs> Do you want me to take your V? No, I lost that to Susie Q down at the Homestyle Barbecue, 1987. But once I got right with the Lord, my V renewed. <laughs> and I was reborn. I'm a Lutheran, born and raised. Oh, welcome, welcome. And speaking of, <laughs> speaking of Lutherans, Marty, baby. Yes. Let me ask you something. Yes. Can you just ask a question, please? <laughs> What's your favorite brand? My favorite brand? Of protection. Oh, gotcha. Favorite brand of protection. My favorite brand of protection is the Bible. <laughs> Whenever I have an impure thought for someone that is not my Lutheran wife... Uh, I look at the Bible, and then I open it, and then I, I read a certain sentence. I'll, read, I'll just flip to a page and find a sentence, and I'll dwell on that sentence, and I'll think about it, and I'll think about it for a long, long time until this thing just goes bleh, and then uh, I, don't, I don't think of being with a lady anymore. Uh, and the last time I did that with the Holy Bible, uh, I just happened to turn to the scripture, Jesus wept. Uh, <laughs> And I thought, yeah, that's kind of appropriate. <laughs> Welcome to the Lutheran Church, buddy. Yeah, I'm just going to move on from that. <laughs> Sticky book. I don't put it between my legs. <laughs> I'm crying about it. Oh! Jo Glad you're back, George. Oh, I, I got it. I Welcome got the joke back. earlier. I got it now. You're talking about dicks. Yes. Yes. Speak, speaking of dicks. Speaking of dicks, George. What are your thoughts on the uh, 1990s Dick Tracy movie? Starring Al Pacino? Produced by Disney? 1993, I believe. Now you see, that's a real good question. Because that gets to the root of the issue. I don't go see them moving pictures. Because the government puts moving pictures out there just so they can brainwash you. Turn it into the other things like that movie, They, they Live. That's a movie I did see. Because that's a movie that, just, that reveals the truth. <laughs> he gets it. He's a woke. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at a conspiracy theorist, uh, 934568. Or just follow me at georgewell1984.com. Then tell me, would you be interested in Radley rotting and piping me? I don't get Red it. Roddy Piper. He was the star oh, of... Okay. See, that was, see, that one was a Rubik's was a Cube? Thinker. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was. No, I still was. don't get it. You'll get it. Give him a week. You're asking if I want to get down and dirty with you, right? That's what you're asking me. I want you to fuck me. <laughs> See, that is a no-can-do, ma'am, sir, it thing. Oh. I'm sorry. Because 
No offense. You're very attractive. You're a very pretty woman. Man, it, thing, squid. I don't know. I'm sorry. But the thing is, I don't know what government issued Medicaid or healthcare had you put up your wee wee or your woo woo or your bye bye, whatever, whatever magic words you use. Come and track me back to my secret hideout where I'm planning the complete and utter destruction of the United States of America. Thank you very much, ma'am. I am going from this. Shenag. Did you get any of the last sentence? <laughs> no, I need an adult and a Lutheran one, please. <laughs> oh, she's changed things and up. She changed the game. Two, and then there were two. Oh. <laughs> Real glad my mom decided to show up here tonight. <laughs> Mr. First masturbating, then whatever the hell you Mi are. <laughs> Mr. Shara. Present. If I were to come home from work. Oh, that was close. <laughs> and to find you in bed, what kind of lunch meat would be plastered over your chiseled body? And why? Gotta know that why. Oh yeah, no, this is a question I ask on every first date. I gotta know your motive. Uh, well, as a true red-blooded American, you know I only eat man-witches. <laughs> that sort of out-of-date Sloppy Joe product. They have a whole uh, serving of vegetables. I don't believe that for a daggum second. <laughs> but what you might find is not, because again, I don't, I don't find it particularly attractive for a man to slather himself with individual circle cuts of turkey breast. However, a man which is a difficult food to eat, particularly horizontally, and there may be some leavings. Trust me, I know my way around horizontal. Is there nothing you can't euphemize? There's a lot of your own wig in your mouth right now. I don't mind a bit of hair in my mouth. <laughs> hey, if I throw up on this microphone, I'll replace it. I swam to John. And what about you? Do you really want the microphone? Not really. <laughs> Can we just call it now? All right. Yes. That's right. What's up? Listen. Yes. This is a question I've always wondered. Oh, God. <laughs> and the questions you've asked, just like, ah, throwing out there, like... Okay, all right, yeah. Just, you know, just, now you know, we're getting into the... Something that, okay. you know, always goes through a girl's mind, you know, when it's been a while, you know. Do you believe in the sanctity of an open marriage? Yo, yeah, why are you on this dating game show? You're married. <laughs> hey, wait a damn second. I don't like being pinned in. This is the last the last time an organization pinned me in. I got mad and nailed something to the door. Uh, I don't like this one bit. Uh, uh, I 
might consent to being in a relationship with you, but the Lord does not consent. I'm sorry, I, I, I'm in the wrong place. Uh, take, take him, please just leave me alone. <laughs> just take, I, I, I. What do you say, soldier? Well, you seem to respect the military. I'll have you what for? Ten hut. When I say hump, you say how high. That won't work for you. Last I heard, there are two things that come out of shithole Montana. Queers and steers? I never said I didn't mind either. Can we dissect that last one? So you've just admitted openly to an audience of a dozen or so that you... I just... I'm having a real crisis of self up here. I never met anyone quite like you before. And I'm really hoping someone comes what's to interrupt this situation. Let's just say that I can last a while. Zelda Fitzgerald, everybody. <laughs> Hi, um, everyone. It's me, Dave Tolkien, um, son of the great J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, one of our foremost fantasy authors. And um, as some of you may know, if you listen to the audio version of the podcast, I've been on a long trek through some of my father's lost works, trying to, trying to bring them to the, to the general public that have been missing him so for these many decades. And, um, well, someone promised me that if I showed up here on stage at the, at the Monocle Theater tonight, that a WWE wrestling intro would start playing, <laughs> and that I would see some more of my father's work. <laughs> Top-notch intro. It's you, The Undertaker. Are you excited for WrestleMania tomorrow? You're going up against Roman Reigns, the big dog. My yard now. My yard now? <clears throat> Sorry, I have to talk like a dead man. Poke courts rotted after a couple hundred years. You know, kind of. Being dead, coming back. I'll dead, accept whatever back. science you I throw my way. I have books. Books from your father. Those? These. And these are these are some of my father's lost works? Yeah. Had to go all the way down to the 12th circle of hell to get them back. It does sound like where my dad liked to hang out. <laughs> so these are these are previously unpublished J.R.R. Tolkien works that, that even I, Dave Tolkien, have not heard the titles of yet. Oh, they can. I just want to make sure that everyone understands what's about to happen. <laughs> I am about to... Okay. You're this... about to go on an adventure, kid. Go on a last ride. I can't believe Batman is giving me this. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Can't I understand. I've never been dead before. I can't empathize. Okay, so let's, let's just start at the top of the pile and work our way through. Here's Daddy's first lost work. David Copperfield? 
<laughs> oh, Daddy, no. Oh, Daddy was such a naughty boy. He liked dirty, naughty things. Oh, Daddy. All right, fine. Let's, let's move on to the next one and let, not let that one sink in. David Copperfield. It only gets worse from here, I can tell you. How could it possibly? I read them. All right. Daddy's second book doesn't have a title. (laughs) Found it. (laughs) The Catcher in the Guy. Oh. Daddy, no. I'm so sad that Mama Tolkien's here. She let me pursue whatever I wanted in college, and now she gets to see this. She must be very proud of you. There's no way. I think my brother's here, too. Bri Bri Tolkien. All right, here's the third book. A tale of two titties. Oh, Daddy. Daddy really had a Dickens thing going, huh? Dickens and outs. Next one. Hey, did everything we planned tonight just have a real sexual output to it? I suddenly became very concerned. Time will tell. And dead men tell no tales. One person got it, hey! (laughs) More than got my Roman Reigns joke. You win a dollar. God, I'm only on book number four. (laughs) All right, book number four. Gotta start pounding through them. (laughs) A Midsummer Night's Cream. I think I saw the feature film adaptation of that one. (laughs) All right, let's, oh fuck, there's five more. Okay, book number five. (laughs) It's the worst thing I've ever read. The giver and the receiver. Daddy, no. Daddy was a naughty boy. Let's see. I hate this and you. The Count of Monte Fisto. It's a real literate audience we got here. They're getting in on everything. Any reaction to any of these? Oh no, I read them all already. Cover to cover? Cover to cover, it's a long trip up from hell. Thoughts? I mean, the first four are pretty all right. Fifth is kind of all right. The last one is a barn burner. Or a hell burner, whichever one you want. I don't think hell particularly needs burning. Book number seven. You can do it, kid. Oliver Fist. Now that just seems redundant. We've kind of covered Charles Dickens-based fisting territory. To be fair. Need we elaborate further? To be fair, most of these books came from his Dickens collection. Dickens in an outing, yes. 
Oh, thank God, just two more. All right, we can do I this. I can go and grab more books if Please you want. Please, God, no. You stay right ding-dang here. All right. All right, here we go. The title's a fucking novel. Catch 22 inches of peen in your butt. God, I'm like Pokemon. Have a peek at you. See, I can play. I can play just like daddy, like father, like son. Trust me, you don't want to end up like your father. Dead? Oh, no. He's still in down to hell. But he's just fucking everything that moves. That sounds okay. Everything. Everything? Everything. We're on mics. You don't have to get it so close. Last book. This is, as promised, Daddy's magnum opus. His final masterwork is here in my hands. Let's see what the author of The Silmarillion has for us. I didn't even know this was a book. Pile Driving Miss Daisy. What am I supposed to do with all these? Are Harlequin books still a thing? That was for Vern. I just assumed you were collecting them. So, you know, I'm just going to leave you with those books. Going to let you figure it out. I ain't taking them back to hell. I ain't taking that trip. So, all right, well, it's going to be a long, slow bus ride home with a lap full of my dad's smut. (laughs) I mean, if you're taking the bus, you could just start reading some of it. I'd rather not. There's only two ways that can go. Either I won't enjoy it and I'll still be on the bus, or I'll really enjoy it and I'll still be on the bus. Well, Mr. Taker, the floor is yours. Howl all you like. I got nothing. Hey, hey everybody, how's everyone doing tonight? How's everyone doing tonight? This is H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, my good friend. I am one of the eldritch horrors that, cha- that he channels while he writes. My name is uh, Greg. Oh, oh, I go, I go by my friend, my Xbox handle is Greg. Um, my, my actual name is... <laughs> Jones. <laughs> and, uh, we're, and we're here to do our, uh, our two-man uh, show. We're really excited to debut in front of all you guys to tell you a tale that is so horrible it might make your head explode or at least make you wish it did. Are, are, are you ready, HP? All right. All right, so... Long ago, in the land, the desolate land of Massachusetts. Yes, Massachusetts. Where It's either Massachusetts, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, anywhere in New England. That isn't used by Stephen King. In the ruins of Boston town. 
where the Jameson grows like wildfire. There live horrible, horrible Irish immigrants. <laughs> yeah? Yeah? No? No, they're... Yeah, no, Irish immigrants. <laughs> they come over here with potatoes spilling out of their pockets. Yeah. No, that's what I... No, that's what I think should happen to them. <laughs> so, uh, Patrick O'Shanity arrived <laughs> in Boston town hungry for adventure. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's, he was, he's very hungry. All the, there were no potatoes where he was from, so he came here. <laughs> and he came to the land of opportunity that was Boston Town, hopeful for some new place with new gutters to piss in and windows to break, <laughs> coal mines to work in. There's coal in Boston. <laughs> And he knocked on his new apartment door. And he opened it. And it was the nicest house he had ever seen since Boston. He was overwhelmed with the sheer beauty. There was only one inch of rats. Look at all this space for me, he, sa he said. I don't have to just share it with all my children. My ever so Irish children. God, I don't miss them, he thought. <laughs> he found a box that said, property of the landlord. Using his Irish wit, he opened it and inside he found something incredible. A clean plate. <laughs> what is this magnificent treasure, thought Patrick. What is it for? Do I use it as a mirror? Perhaps something that I can use to place under things. He, he put his hand on the plate and he was driven mad, mad. He'd never felt something so clean, so fume of grime and coal soot and the oily fingerprints of children, too many children. What am I going to do with this magnificent thing all by myself? I have no food to put on it. But wait, thought Patrick. He lifted, uh, he lifted some items off of the table. Candlesticks, so many candlesticks. And he lit each one of them. They didn't have candles back home in Ireland. <laughs> Only peat that they would dig from the hills. This smells nothing like swamp moss and filth, but clean American wax. He lifted his hand deep into a jar that he found under the bed. 
he reached in and he something grabbed him. He grabbed him and it pulled him. Turns out his he was grabbed something, but the jar mouth was too thin, so he had to let it go. Or else the jar would be stuck on his hand. Well, no, who knows what's in the jar? It's opaque. So he smashed the jar and what fell out? What was an incredible, horrifying thing that he'd never seen before? It was a dollar bill. <laughs> what was he to do with this unforeseen wealth? He wept with confusion and rage. What can one man do with so much money? What, what is it, HP? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no. I know a dollar was a lot in the 1910s. <laughs> I'm adjusting for inflation. It's, it's, yeah, a dollar. That would have bought like, that's, that was enough to pay for the wages of eight Irish children. <laughs> so he picks up the dollar. And what did he do? But he put it on the impeccably clean plate, <laughs> creating his shrine to the glory of America. <laughs> he was overcome with the beatification of Lady Liberty's magnificence. His skin began to boil and wilt from the sheer heat of the flame of liberty. <laughs> his eyes boiled and sloughed from his sockets in the sheer gloriousness of manifest destiny. His bones charred by the blazing heat that was the great core of flame that was our founding father's determination to throw off the yoke of our oppressors. This is opportunity, cried Patrick. And yet, he was gone, burned up like the coal that he had once mined <laughs> in those green, verdant hills of Ireland. That is why, immigrants, if you can't take the heat, stay out of the oven. Yeah. This is the American, this is the America liberals want. So much for the tolerant left. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I'm the author of Dr. Doolittle, for all intents and purposes, just call me Dr. Doolittle. Uh, and welcome to the Dr. Doolittle Show. Today we are covering bullying. Uh, let's go ahead and bring out our, our two our two kids, our two uh, stars of this episode. Let's go ahead and come on out. Uh, here we have, hey now, hey now. Here we have, uh, young man, can you tell the uh, audience here at home uh, your name? Oh, God, my name is Christopher Nicholas. I'm John Green. <laughs> and I'm Christopher Nicholas Polini, the let's littlest author and the most picked on of this one. Now... Chris Nick Don't you touch my microphone. No, Chris Nick Pliny. Uh, 
I am led to believe that you are bullied. Is this true? As evidenced by everything that's happening right now and before. Yeah. Uh, now, Chris, Nick, Polini. Still mine. Uh, who Who is your bully? This guy. Oh, okay, gotcha. John Green, who seems so nice on the internet, but won't have a little guy, a little stage time. I'm not touching it. Now, I'm now, not touching it. This is some fifth grade horse shit, John now, Green. Now, wait, now, okay, now stop oh, it. Oh, God, just let me have it. I'm going to make you two sit on the couch and hold hands if you can't play nice, okay? I now. don't think that's going to work at all. That's how Indian burns happen. Now, hey, is Indian burn an outdated term? Oh, yeah, you probably don't want to. What's its new name? Native American burn? I don't know. I don't know. Just like an arm burn? I'm going to go ahead and take Why the microphone away from you. Amer- because I want to steer away from the racial material. Uh, now, John Green. Yeah. Uh, are you a bully? No. I'm preemptively defending myself. Preemptively defending yourself from what, I might ask? I mean, look at him. Anything that weak, I that paltry. If I wanted to, I couldn't hurt a fly. Now, this little dweebazoid says he couldn't hurt a fly if he wanted to. Listen, that Geekatronic 3000 may look innocent, may look harmless, thin, malnourished, and ultimately harmless, but listen. Inside the heart of that little man Mm -hmm. is a heart as dark and desolate as the moon. Whenever it's a new moon? Yeah. Okay, yeah. whatever. Specifically it's new, moon. new moons. Let me, let me go ahead and take the microphone from you. Now, Chris Nick Polini, can you tell me and tell the audience at home, uh, what is this, the second presidential debate? Just going to stalk me the whole time? Go ahead. Go ahead. Back off. We'll get to, we'll get to you. Chris Nick, why don't you walk us through a normal day at your school where you go to with John Green? That All was right. a word, a sentence. I, I followed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I wake up in the morning, gotta grab my bowl, gotta have my cereal. Now, what day of the week is this? Oh, it's usually Friday. Oh, okay. okay. John, John, John. <laughs> Always topical. And I wake up in the morning, a little bitty guy, and then the gypsy woman that I made mad curses me with like a 13 going on 30 thing, hence the body. Okay, okay. I, I wait at the bus stop, gotta catch my bus. And then I see my friends. But then I see that John Green is with them now. And they all throw Slurpees at me. This is 8.30 in the morning. This is how we begin. The best part of waking up is being hit with a Slurpee cup. Sonic is good every time of the day. So I walk to school, uphill both ways. And... I get to school at approximately fourth period because nobody came to pick me up at the bus stop. Oh. Oh, God. Oh, jeez. Now, now, that's very funny, but don't laugh. <laughs> so I get there at fourth period, and then Mrs. Radigan, she's always really mad at me because, like, I'm strolling in in the middle of history class like I own the place, covered in Slurpee, n- nose to nuts, just covered in Slurpee. 
and I have a solid two hours of school before I have to begin walking home so that I might make it home before nightfall when the wolves come out. Again, uphill both ways. Kids today get too many trophies. Oh, God. You're absolutely right. Um, don't blame us for giving you the trophies participation. I'm going to blame you. Uh, now, John Green. Yeah. My beloved pet cows just died, and I'm looking for suitable replacements for them, and I decided that I don't want no bullies. So, can you tell us? <laughs> Thank you. I might actually start bullying you now. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't blame you. Can you... What, what makes you... Oh, and he's in the fetal position. Uh, what, what... You said you preemptively attack him. What... Yeah. What yeah. makes you feel like yeah. you need to attack him physically? What makes you feel like you need to attack him emotionally? Why can't you just talk about your problems one-on-one? Do I look like a fucking pussy? <laughs> I have to exert my feelings on the world. Okay, point, point taken, point taken. So I'm an alpha. He's a beta. <laughs> I am a hardcore alpha male. You're 14. Okay. Now, here's we're going to do an exercise to make it so that you two are uh, friendly and you each stop being bullies to who we, I don't know who the bully is. I don't give a shit. All right. So, you, yeah, Chris no, Nick no, Pelini. No, he, no, he's a bully. Whatever. Chris Nick Pelini. John Green, I need you to sit down and face each other, face to face, like the Elton John Billy Joel tour. And and here's what I want to happen. We're going to go with Chris Nick first because he's he's been off mic longest. Appreciate it. Chris Nick, I want you to look at John Green and I want you to tell me... His mustache is a middle finger. I just want to point this out. How did a 14-year-old grow a mustache? And how did you shave it so fast? Okay, uh, here's... Okay. You're easily duped, Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> okay, so I need you to look at John Green right in the beady little eyes, and I need you... I think he's taking out my soul like a camera. I didn't know you... You So you live in Amish country. That explains the walk. Okay. Yeah, I, I can't get on a bus. Makes sense. And okay. the buggy whip's broken down. Oh, God. So I need you to look him in the eyes, and I need you to tell him one good thing about himself. Oh. Um, well, John Green, my foremost enemy, the man who makes it so that I miss every meal of the day, I can say that one nice thing about you is that your hat matches your name. It is green, and I am green with envy at your symmetry. Sounds pretty good. Thank you, Chris Nick. John Green, the same. You must look Chris Nick Pliny into his four eyes and tell him one nice thing about him and a thing that you like about him. You may go. Where do I even start? This guy can take a hell of a punch. He's resistant to most toxins that are put in his food. His breath capacity is incredible from his constant swirly training. 
His skin now is so dense from the constant arm burns that he can take most forms of impact without a scratch. Forgot we were calling him arm burns. Okay. I got third degree arm burns. I can't feel a thing. So now I think, Chris, Nick, you'll agree. I asked him to say one nice thing about you. He said several. We're breaking down barriers here at Dr. Doolittle Show. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now. I'm just a nice guy. Now. What I Hashtag need, nice guy. What I need you two to do to make up and to end this chain of bullying and hatred, I need you to both stand up and hug each other while I don't look at what you're doing. <laughs> I'm going to trust that you've made up and no bullying will happen. Sound good? Sure. I mean, no, but... All right, now I'm going to turn away. And now you two hug. I'm so <laughs> And yet so tough. Why do you think that is? Is you hugging? I can't tell. <laughs> no, we haven't gotten to that juncture yet. Okay. It's like my body is trying to f let me forget how to hug. It's like your mind. I'm assuming that was a positive reaction. Now, let's get a question from our studio audience. I'm going to grab the microphone. I'm going to give the audience to... Uh, ah, fuck you guys. I'm going to give the audience to this uh, microphone to this guy off stage who's also in the audience. Uh, you, sir... Why don't you step on stage and tell us your name and uh, ask your question, please. Oh, I think I have a question. It's me, Dr. Seuss, and I say let's take the Puffin Boys on a vacation. Woo! We didn't come prepared for this, apparently. I mean, I did. Someone take the damn mic. We had to metamorphosize into different people. I apologize. What's up, Monica St. Louis? I'm Jane Austen. <laughs> this man, you've already met him. Dr. Seuss, you know him by his tall hat and his creepy everything. <laughs> this man right here, he is Mark Twain. I'm Mark Twain. And this guy over here, what's your name, slicker boy? Clive Cussler is in the boathouse. That's right, everybody, and the Puffin Boys are going on a trip to Branson. Woo! The greatest city in the world, Branson, the vacation destination for everyone's grandma. What are we going to do in Branson? Oh boy, I can't wait to see Dolly Parton's Get Down Sing Along ba dig dong I'm gonna go see Shoji Tabuchi. I hear that that rice eater has a violin that's made by space. I'm Mark Twain. Uh, there's bo boats in. There's boats in Branson, I'm sure. You're right, it's not entirely landlocked. Great. That's how they got Yakov Smirnov. Anyone? That, that guy. That guy. I know Ryakov Smirnov, he's a Ruski. What a country! I'm Mark Twain! <laughs> yeah, 
Yes, of course. We already know you're Mark Twain. Every time you slap your belly, we are aware. We are very aware that you, in fact, are Mark Twain. That sentence took a left turn to Albuquerque about halfway through. Let's hop in the car. Let's do this. Let's hop in the car. Let's get. Let's go. Let's go. All right, we're all ready and willing to go to Branson. Beep, beep, here we come. <laughs> oh, yeah. How far is it to Branson? How many hours? Come on, Clive, right. stop hanging on to the door. Get in the car. <laughs> Kevin, toot, toot. Ah, uh, beep, beep. Kevin, stop it. What? It's... Who's Kevin? Is that Kevin? Ke- Ke- Kevin. No, I'm Kevin. Dan Steen. Kevin. I wrote Pride and Prejudice. Stop it. This, this isn't funny. Stop what, Clive Kessler? This, this scene. I, nothing scene? is We're funny going to about Branson. The party scene here in St. Louis. Party of the Atomic Cowboy. I, 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 I can't really. do this scene, Kevin. I've never been to Branson. I don't know anything about Branson. Yet you've been Clive Cussler? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I can't, that I have to make jokes about things I don't know. I at least try to research things if I'm gonna make a joke on them. Hey boys, why are we disrobing? <laughs> because he's actually right. Oh, you lost your voice. You must be Joe again. Yeah. What Every happened? T- you made me do this show while I'm sick, you son of a bitch. Every time I vocalize, it hurts. (laughs) Funny jokes by everyone. Uh, I was just thinking, like, is Branson the last name of that guy on uh, Becker? Ted Branson? Yeah, is that that guy? Sort of cheers. We're going to his house in this sketch? I don't. No, we're not going to Ted Branson's house. That's not a man. Then who was the I guy on Becker? So you were smart when you had Mark Twain hair off. The moment you take your Twain hat off, you're just a dumb guy? <laughs> no, because dumb means you can't talk. <laughs> wow, yeah. someone read The Miracle Worker. Kevin, I don't know, like, we don't think this sketch is good. Still don't know who Kevin is. And, like, <laughs> right now you're kind of reminding me of, like, Christmas lights on top of the Empire State Building. High strung. <laughs> Well, someone's got to keep this damn show together. Ke- Kevin. If it wasn't for me, nothing would get done by me. I mean, Kevin, I'm Jane Austen. Kevin, this isn't all about you. You always make this. Is it all about Eve? All about you. And it's not about Kevin. This is not Puffin Publishing starring TV's Kevin Lanigan. I think that's at the end of every episode. That's how the credits start. And by the way, TV's Kevin Lanigan is a bit presumptive. I've been on TV. I was a bit player on a reality show once. And by me, I mean Kevin. I'm Jane Austen. The other day, I forgot to tie my shoes and I fell on a TV. So I was kind of on a TV. Look. Look, this... Are you okay? Do you need to go to the hospital? Look what this... Kevin, look at how you're running this show is doing to us. Vern you're is unraveling. Vern is unraveling. Joe is broken. I need to go to a hospital. He knows what a hospital is. <laughs> I am this close to being emotionally compromised. I must be strong 
I'm a Kevin. strong, independent Kevin. woman who don't need no three men. <laughs> Drop it. Already broken. We're already all out of here. Just take the bonnet off, and we're going to talk about this. I think it's attached at the spine. Oh, my fucking... I will tear that bonnet right off your goddamn head, Kevin Lanigan. Burn! I'm going to take this away from you. You want it? You want it? Oh, God. Hold this. Sure, Joe. What should I do, audience? Do I take the bonnet off? Well, there goes that joke. You want to make a joke? I'm not good at making jokes. Oh, look who got the crowd on his side. You do this. You always manipulate it around to you, Kevin. I don't know what you're talking about. It's all... This, this always happens. This, what always happens? You, you just, you're like a goddamn like black hole just sucking all the light towards you. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> don't you, don't, don't encourage him. Thank you. Draw me like one of your French girls, Jack. It's like bears. You don't feed bears, and the bear is his ego. I feed bears. <laughs> they look hungry. Because you think and the I rules care, don't apply Justin. to you? Justin, I'm so sorry for caring. What do you really care about, Kevin? Well, I care about them. I care about them having a good show. I care about people. You know, I care about bears. I'm always looking out for bear rights. I care about you, my friend. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Prove it. Well, that's one way. You heard the audience, Kevin. Kissing you, bitch! Hey, now, that word's hurtful. They're who you care about. All right, we're going to get a census poll real fast. Can I get the 18 to 35s? Yeah? Do I do it? Okay, did anyone say no? Fuck. <laughs> you try to fly high, you get scorched by the sun. I get that reference. All right. All right. This isn't how I thought this trip to Branson would end. You know what they say? I don't. What happens in Branson stays in Branson. They all said it with you, so I guess... Yeah, that's because everybody, everybody knows. else knows it. Fuck. What about if we went to Silver Dollar City? Does everything stay there? Nothing ever wants to leave. It's Silver Dollar City. Nothing ever wants to go. That too. All right, fuck. Oh, okay. Turning off. 
the microphone. Good for you. <laughs> I'm gonna need a cigarette, but after that, yeah. All right, well, I'll catch you backstage. Later. I think we all learned something here tonight. <laughs> and there's no one that's better at teaching lessons than Washington Irving, everyone. Washington Irving. Hello. Do you need anything? Can I get you anything? I'm, I'm fine. I'm All right, fine. bud. You just look haggard. Yeah. Uh, hi, I'm Washington Irving, the author of Rip Van Winkle, the book about the guy who fell asleep. Um, I don't know how many of you were here at the last Puffin show, um, but I was really excited for it because I had a whole big long list of political song parodies, and I fell asleep right before the election. And I came out of my, my long, long, long sleep thinking like, that's all right, everything that I, I wrote about is like still relevant, it's gonna be fine. And, and I, sang, I sang a song about like Hillary winning the election and all this stuff and, and turns out it wasn't, it wasn't a thing. And you know, it's been, it's been, a, it's been a real interesting time for me, you know? Uh, you fall asleep. And uh, you may not be with the world, but the world keeps on moving, you know? And uh, things that you thought were going to be there aren't, and things that you didn't think were going to be there are, and you got to kind of spend like just every waking minute just trying to figure out what happened, what went wrong, what's going on. And so I've been reading a lot of news. I've been talking to a lot of people just trying to, to figure out what's happened here. What's going on? And I think, I think I got a pretty good idea of what I missed out on. But there's one thing I've not been quite sure of, and uh, I'd like to talk to you guys about it real quick. Just one thing I just have been really unsure of, and hopefully you guys can figure, help me figure this out. from an old friend we used to be real close I picked up asked Ken what he had to say 
he told me he'd get online and take a look at what he post. I did, and now it's ruined my day. I understand why folks would want to be rude I take a look at the dress and I see that it's gold and white But everyone else, they see black and blue The news of the dress was all over the place The news of the dress, it interrupted a llama chase. I could be wrong. My eyes aren't strong. But when I look at the dress, I see gold white. They will tell you the dress looks gold because of the light. And the way that the light reflects through the room They will say the dress is for sale up on their website But the one they sell, it's black and blue How many of you see this? How many of you see this? How many of you see this? You're wrong I can see why this would cause a huge fight. I understand why folks would want to be rude. I don't care what you say anymore about the dress. I don't care what you say, it's not black and blue. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That just happened. Uh, yeah. This is uh, called fill in time while somebody gets ready. Are they ready? All right, ladies and gentlemen, author of the Canterbury Tales, Mr. Jeffrey Chaucer. What's up, everybody? Beep, beep, audience. My name is Jeffrey Chaucer, writer of the Canterbury Tales, but also, you may not have known, Pornhub's number one viewer and commenter. No, I wrote some pretty dirty stories on that crazy road trip. So I know a thing or two. And tonight, for all of you, I'm gonna talk about a subject very dear to me. Is it right to watch porno at all? By the way, the answer is yes. <laughs> now here's the thing about porno. Porno as a medium has been around for, for fucking generations. You know, I wrote it. Shakespeare wrote it. Basically, as long as anyone's written about, written about two stories that, about a couple fucking, it's porno. They can call it erotica. It's really pornotica. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Now, some may find it exploitive, which is a valid point. Because here's the thing about pornography. It is two people having sex, and unfortunately, in our society, 
broads are commodified. Now here's the real tragedy here. Just because they're commodified does not mean they, can take, they can't take ownership of themselves, which I didn't mean tragedy, that's a good thing. Because here's the thing. When a woman takes control of her own autonomy and her own physical body, she can then do whatever the fuck she wants with it. Which means she can get crazy. She can get weird. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay in our society then because it's her choice. Now here's the crazy thing. If it's her choice, that means it makes it her own deal. Makes it personal. And when it's personal, it's therefore more interesting. If a lady goes up and does a thing where she's sucking the dick of a puppet, sucking the dick of a puppet, that's her choice. That makes it interesting. I like to watch porno where I feel like I'm having a conversation with a person. Because then it's a one-to-one basis. Makes it intimate, makes it kind of real. And that makes it so much more erotic. Instead of just watching two strangers just pound, bam at it. Whatever automatopoeia you prefer. Admittedly, slight thing for another day, we gotta really find out some nonviolent terms for sex. Uh, hug it, maybe. Now, and here's the final thing. If a woman can, if a woman with her own bodily autonomy, therefore has the liberty to do whatever she wants with it, as a man, who, thankfully, because of our patriarchal system, already has bodily autonomy. Can I do the same? This has been Jeffrey Chauncey. Thank you. Another round of applause for Jeffrey Chaucer. <laughs> Nobody knew he was going to do that. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Thank you for coming to our weird, sexy show. We were planning on doing one around Valentine's Day, and I guess we saved up all of that and used it here. Uh, please, the other Puffin Boys, come out to the stage. We're gonna, we have one more sketch prepared for you, but before that, we wanna talk about our show, talk about what we're working on, send you off to have a good night before we do our last, hopefully, non-sexual thing, but because I know what we have coming, no promises. Uh, so yes, I have been TV's Kevin Lanigan, um, as well as Jane Austen, Chris Nick Polini, Michael Shara, and several others on my left. I'm Joseph Conroy. I really do not have a voice. It really does hurt to talk. I've been your Undertaker. I've been your George Orwell. I've been... Oh, God, I can't think of all the characters. Just characters. I've had a hell of a show. Hell of a fun time. I'm going to take... Get get this. (laughs) My name's Justin Germeroth. I've been tonight's pervert. You'll, you'll go in a second. I'm sorry, we're applauding perverts now? <laughs> beep, beep, say Sexual Lewis, positivity, you Kevin. You're in a cabaret. <laughs> Sexual positivity. Perverts. <laughs> okay, okay. 
I've loved doing this show. This has been freaking awesome. You guys have been a great audience. Hi. Uh, I'm Vern. I was... Uh, Martin Luther, I was Mark Twain at one point. I was a bad Dr. Phil at one point. Why, you looking at me. Uh, and I did Washington Irving for my own amusement. <laughs> and, uh, and now I'm here being me. Uh, and we got stuff to plug before we go do the last thing. That's right. That's uh, very right. So first off, you tell them about the podcast. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, yes, the Puffin Publishing in its podcast form is a monthly podcast because it takes me eh, 20, 30 hours a month to edit them. Um, but it releases on the first of every month, which means that if you haven't listened to today's episode, there is a brand special double length episode waiting for you when you get home. It's our Earth Day special. It's funny. Uh, it has pretty much all of our uh, characters in it, and uh, it's a real good, weird, stupid time. Uh, just like the show that you've witnessed right now. Uh, so yeah, we, I, as I said before, I am uh, leaving for New York in about three weeks. Um, so this was like a nice little send-off show. Uh, the first episode of the podcast released on April 1st last year. So no really, fooling. No fooling. Uh, so it's really great to, to come together and do this show. Um, we record weekly for a monthly show. So we have ooh, three years of material saved up. Sorry. Uh, so just because... <laughs> our bad. It's free. Uh, so we have lots of material saved up. So the podcast should take you through a Trump administration or two. Uh, so we have lots of... St- <laughs> Quick, take your shirt off! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you have that to look forward to. Uh, we threw out the idea because I'm going to be in the state again in June. So it's possible that we are going to do another live show late June, early July. Nothing definite oh, on man, that, but uh, it's what we're it's what we're looking at. What? They don't want it. They don't want it. All right, never mind. I'll sleep instead. Fuck. All right, but uh, that's the stuff we have outside of this room. But in Vern's hands right now is something very special. So remember, whenever he did Clive Cussler earlier, uh, we and if you were at the first show, Clive Cussler was here, and he did like sleep tapes. And then if you listen to the podcast, we did a sketch where we had sleep tapes. And so we went through and we actually recorded sleep tapes. Uh, this is exclusive. This is not on the podcast. Uh, we record these and they all have uh, different art on the back. Vern do 20 unique, beautiful pictures I, that you can hang right on your fridge. I, I, drew, I drew those. Uh, it's... If you want some exclusive puffin tent, it's here. It's going to cost you a whole dollar. Uh, that's a dollar that goes to... That is 16 minutes of never-before-heard yes. sleep tapes from Justin Germeroth doing what he does best, weird noises with his mouth. They work until he starts talking. <laughs> You'll hear what we're talking about. Uh, so, yeah, it's a whole dollar, just like this show was a whole $5, and you can get to keep that forever. It, yeah, and it all goes to keeping Physical the media. podcast going. Everyone's and, favorite thing. Yeah. Um, but I think that's it for me. That's it for Puffin. Um, Vern and I made a web series called Doom to You, available now on YouTube.com. I will never not plug it. I will plug it until I die. Yeah, on YouTube.com. It's... Hashtag the show YouTube tried to kill. Yeah. It's the show YouTube didn't want you to see. No, it was a thing. What a fun fucking 
two weeks that was. Uh, hopefully by the time, if we do a third live show, I'm so hot up here. Oh my God. Uh, hopefully by the time you come back for a third one, uh, I won't take my shirt. Uh, hopefully by the time you come back, like I'll have shot a movie. So look for that in the horizon. Uh, pet turtles. Yeah, that's a thing. So it's real pet turtles crowd. Maybe we should have done pet turtles live instead. Pet turtles. They seem yeah, to be into you that. You guys want to see just a live performance of a man mourning? Like, that's great. Woo! Woo! Arthur Miller. Uh, but yeah, I think that's it for me. We're just going to keep doing the show and keep being funny. Joe seems to have something despite... No? No, okay, never mind. Joe just needs, like, cough drops if you have them. Uh, but yeah, that's it for me, and I All guess right. we're going to go be Shall funny. we move right into the last bit? All right, we are proceeding into the last sketch of the night. I'm going to keep talking while they set up a couple of things. How are y'all tonight? Did you get your chuckles out? Did you get your $5 worth? All right, it seems like four of you, five of you, which is good. Um, I'll take that. Thank you very much. Because I didn't have enough blonde hair. Fuck, where's the wig part of this? Could somebody else maybe hop on? No, it's just me up here. All right. Well, um, let me tell you all of my thoughts on Ghost in the Shell. Um, I've never seen or read anything related to it. Um, I like ScarJo, though. She's good in her. She played my iPhone. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, they don't make wigs for my size of head. Or hats, as you might have been able to tell at any point tonight. <laughs> Christ. It's my Brett Michaels cosplay. <laughs> All right. Um, now I talk like this. Um, my name's Susan. Um, and I um, recently set up a date on Tinder. Um, so, yeah, we're not avoiding the sexy stuff here anymore. And um, I'm just um, I'm waiting to see, if my, um, see when and if my date arrives here at the uh, Monocle restaurant that doesn't serve food. Um, the only thing on my table is my stand-up comedy notes. Uh, and um, I have high hopes for this date. I mean, uh, he's the first man that I've met on Tinder that didn't send me a picture of his dick. Um, you wouldn't think that would be some sort of unicorn, but here we are. And there goes my hire. And, um, well, I'm just going to keep telling you my life thoughts until somebody else walks on stage. I, um, here are my thoughts on Ghost in the Shell. I, um, I was disappointed. You scared my hair off. Well, hello, you tall drink of blood. <laughs> no, it's velvet. <laughs> okay. Yes, this seems to be quite better. Are you perhaps Susan from yeah, Three Miles that's Away? That's not how I pronounce it, but yes, Susan from Three Miles. Ooh, okay. Bad start, buddy. Coming on real strong. Um, it, is, it is a pleasure to meet you. My name is... Bram Stoker. Where the fuck is the upside of my hair? Oh, don't worry. It's, you know what? Your Going natural, all natural today. Your natural hair looks luxurious. Thank you, I washed it. Of course, as I said, my name is Bram Stoker. The Dracula guy? Amongst other things, but that seems Prove to be the it. thing Name that people... one other. <laughs> oh, you uh, were the cookie monster. 
Yes, also, I was counter. I was the count on Sesame Street that as well. That makes more sense. Yes, but I believe you are waiting for a Tinder date, yes? Uh, yeah, I like everybody else in this restaurant, probably. Well, I am pleased to introduce your date. Is it you? Oh, no, no, no. It is my manservant. Fuck. Okay. At least I haven't seen his penis. What would you like? Not immediately. Okay. I, I some decorum would be nice. I read an Emily Post book and she said that table manners are limited to not taking your dick out at the table. Okay. Back in the pants. Back in, back in. He's wearing pants? Oh, there they are. <laughs> okay. okay. Hi. Hello. I am Renfield. I have Renf- been manservanting for 15 years. What does that pay? Pay? It's an uncommon a, term, do you? A quite, a quite a lot of money, plus lots of experience. Experience manservant. That. Okay. I like your hair. Which one? <laughs> hair on head. No, no. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. All right. No. Hair. Not into the touch. I also like hair on oh. arm. Oh, that's right. It, it's soft. It looks soft. It I washed looks that silky. too. Like dog. <laughs> I like dogs. Okay. I like dogs. I too like dogs. You're doing great, Renfield. Is he? Thank, thank, thank you, boss. Don't, don't acknowledge me. No. Oh, okay. Yes. What, what are your thoughts on Ghost in Shell? <laughs> well, I read the original manga. Fucking weeaboo. <laughs> yes, yes, boss. Doom. Doom. I tried very hard. I used yes. my best hypnosis eyes. Yes. Which I do not have, but apparently no. I do. Yes. Your, your hypnovision, yes. My hypnovision, yes. yes. I used it. She's here. Yes. Just go with the flow. Okay. Go, go, go with flow? Go with flow. Go with flow. But do not insult her. All right, what do you want? Oh. Are you flow? Hey, I'm the waitress, flow. What do you want? Uh, do, do, is there a menu? There's no menu, honey. No. I should have a mic, by the way. <laughs> there, there's no menu, honey. Uh, it's an obituary, if you saw what the food we have back there, but it's not a menu. You're needlessly confrontational. Can I start us out with drinks? Uh, sure. Renfield, what would you like? I would like water. That would be clear water. I like it when it is clear. If you see how we wash the dishes around here, you'll see they ain't clear water. How about you, young ma'am? Cloudy fine. (laughs) Young ma'am. Nice save, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
nearly snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. You, you are um, a very feminine figure. Thank you. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. Men, you, are we learning from this? You have curves of greyhound. The bus? The, the dog. The I dog? like dogs. I knew. I wonder what ScarJo's up to. Renfield, yes. I understand you really like dogs. Yes. I understand you really, really like dogs. They're so nice. But understand. Yes. You can't keep comparing her to a dog. Okay. Because that can lead down a very slippery slope. Okay. You got it? Yes, boss. You got it? Yes. And it's master. Master. Good. Yes, master. You'll have voice of cat. <laughs> Mr. Mistopheles? Yes. That is marginally better. Yes. But not point by much. Point for Enfield. I've been told I was more of a rum-tum tugger. Listen, listen. Just, just ask her okay. what she likes to do. What she like. What she likes to do. What does she like? Yes. No, but what does she like? <laughs> what do you like? <laughs> Well, I'm a Virgo. I don't know what that means. I... Is that the goat one? I like goats. Not... You'll, you'll, you'll have nice square teeth like Did you goat. see the witch? I have... Yes, we live next door to one. Okay. There okay. we go. Okay, another thing we need to bring up is stop bringing up the fact that we live in a spooky castle, Okay. But what if I want to take her home and show... (laughs) It's more water than we have characters. (laughs) It is so clear. Yeah, for the first time in this restaurant, it's water not out of the bin laying their sink. Uh, I forgot to ask this tall tall glass of red wine what he'd like. Oh, I'll be fine with... Oh, I'll be fine with just uh, water. Well, you got it then. Uh, what are we wanting to eat, folks? Well, I'm assuming the tall guy wants mm, man flesh. Pardon me. Why? I, I am. I'm just going to be chilling over here, staring at this wall. <laughs> don't, don't, don't bring me into this equation. Okay, I am perfectly right, no, fine. fine. Also, why man flesh? The whole vampire thing. Okay. Renfield, stand up. You get loose chair privilege. Move, 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 move. Oh, now we're talking. <laughs> nope, don't like that. <laughs> now, when you say vampire, you're talking about, like, creepy, crawly things that, like, suck. Not cr- traditionally, no. <laughs> well, I mean, there are creepy, many. Creepy, crawly. Well, I mean, there are many variations like of the vampire. You have Nosferatu. Like a weird vampire caterpillar? You have. <laughs> We've got vampire caterpillars in the basement. <laughs> How we keep this restaurant open is beyond me. You are quite charming for being so blunt. Do you just want some garlic bread? <laughs> Would you like a... Bloody Mary. <laughs> that 
There's a lot of foot in my dick right now. <laughs> Tell you what, I'm upstaging my good friend Renfield. Renfield, get back up here. Get back up here. Save me, Renfield. Yes, Renfield. I, I, I save Master. Who? You want me to get the garlic bread then? Are you afraid of the garlic bread? If I was a customer here, I'd be afraid of all the food that we have. Let me tell you, you turn into a bat, the food around here, it turns into indigestion real quick. You afraid of a steak in your heart? Here at this restaurant, you should be afraid of a steak in your mouth. I wonder if she's single. I like her. Body positivity, that's what we're about here. So what do you like besides goat? Oh, we're back to this. Thought I got out of that one. Um, well, do as you it like says sport? on my... Sport? Sport? Sport. Just the one? Like my son, I call him Sport. You have son? Yeah, Trevor. How old is Trevor? He's going to be eight next week. Oh, he is a man. Someone in the crowd just say, Mom? Trevor, are you here? Come on up. No, come meet mommy's new boyfriend. Come on. Come, come, Trevor. No, it's an open forum. Come on up. We already see you, Trevor. Come. He's a shy boy. He's always the goalie. He doesn't like the spotlight. I am Red. Yes, I, I am Renfield. Yes. Yes, thank you, Renfield. I know who you are. Does Renfield more of a title? Hey, son, how you doing? I'm all right. It's all right. Just sit right there. How do you sport? He found my wig. I, he's shy. It's okay. He'll take a little bit to warm up to you. As yes, would yes, anyone. Look, this is going way stranger than I was hoping. Oh, it fits on his head. Strange is good, yes? Strange is good, especially on Tinder. However, right. however. Yes. Listen. Yes. You either, you have to do something completely drastic because I'm pretty sure you're losing her. Okay. Either what gave you that indication? <laughs> I will be drastic. Be, yeah, we have okay. plenty. You can be, dra you can be drastic, yes. but remember, there's okay. a child on, over next to her. Do not scare the child. Okay. Do not scare child. I, I will not scare child. Repeat everything I said back to me. Do not scare child. And? I am, I am drastic. <laughs> I think he said, I'm dead and drastic, which was the name of my high school punk band. Your mom had a whole life before she had you, son. You got this. You got this, Renfield. Yes. I'm a single mom. I ain't afraid of shit. Am I right, ladies? A lot of single moms here. I am drastic. There is child. I like a man that's straightforward. Check, please. Somebody say check, please. Wait, hold up. Who's this? It's my son, Trevor. 
He's wearing mommy's wig. Well, listen, for parties of more than four, there's an added 18% gratuity. And this, uh, this looks like a funeral party. Uh, I just went ahead and got the chef special. It's special because it was dead 15 minutes before we killed it, instead of like on the way here. Uh, uh, uh. Also, of course, it was dead before we killed. I don't know. Whatever. I work 50 hours a week. I'm tired. That's our show, everybody. Good night. Thank you, Trevor. Give us a hand for Trevor. You're a good sport, Trevor. Thank you. All right. Well, if you're thirsty, the Monocle has plenty of drinks available for you right through that set of doors. Thank you all for coming out tonight. Thank you. Have a good one. just heard a whole live show and you're still listening well good on you then tougher bones than i i tell you if you love that live show that you just heard know that each of the puffin boys made mm, 10 bucks off of the experience if you want to support them even more you can head on over to patreon.com slash tv's kevin and leave them a little scratch a little moolah as thy italian friends would say For as little as $1 a month, $12 a year, what you just spent on crack cocaine, you dirty criminal, you can help keep the lights on at Puffin HQ. Patreon.com slash TV's Kevin. Now move along, move along. Nothing to see here. Plenty to see there. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who came out to that edition of Puffin Live. And thank you, the listener, for sitting there and listening to the entire thing. So now, you can hear my voice. As always, Puffin Publishing is TV's Kevin Lanigan, Joe Conroy, Justin Germeroff, and Vern Tooley. We'll be back next week with a more... (laughs) Next week, silly me. We'll be back next month with a more traditional episode. But until then, here's a bunch of plugs. You can find The Stone Zone, a Puffin family show, wherever podcasts are sold for free. You can find the web series Doomed to You on YouTube.com by our own Kevin Lanigan and Fern Tulian, featuring all the Puffin boys. And hey, they just released a whole bunch of one-year anniversary content for the show, so why don't you get your tuckus over there? You can find Kevin Lanigan's personal YouTube channel under his own 
name. Look out for the feature film Pet Turtles, which, as you're hearing this, has just finished filming. From our own Vern Tooley. Remember that the Apple Podcast Review System hasn't gone anywhere. If you love the show and want to support it, you can head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us that five-star review. That is how people find us. That's how Puffin will continue to grow and grow until it explodes like that fat guy in Monty Python in the Meeting of Life. And if you want to support the show monetarily, you've already heard a bunch of people talk about Patreon. That's the way to do that. So until next month, this is me, TV's Kevin Lanigan, signing off. See ya. This has been a Talkback Podcast.